Fifty years ago today, the Beatles exploded on American shores, forever changing the landscape of popular culture, popular music, and American values. Four mop-top kids from Liverpool, England. An overnight sensation, or were they? Today, we're going to go back, way back, before the Amer- they arrived on American soil, before the Ed Sullivan Show, before they were a household name. You're listening to Off the Charts exclusively here on WERU, 89.9 FM Blue Hill, 99.9 FM Bangor, and online at www.weru.org. This is The Beatles You Won't Find Anywhere Else But on Community Radio. I'm Max with my close friend and trusted uh, pal Kimosabi. With four legs, you should see him dance. And he loves The Beatles. Using old live performance archives from the BBC, we're going to have a chance to hear them as little more than hopeful young kids learning their craft. People often comment that the Beatles never did a live album. Well, you'll have the Beatles live and raw here. Rare performances before they were famous. Performances of songs, many of which showed up years later on the records we know and love. Kimo and I will take you through these special performances. And many of the songs are American songs. The Beatles' sound and songwriting was profoundly and directly influenced by America. That's the remarkable story. Why we fell in love. That's what we heard when they held our hands on The Ed Sullivan Show. Ourselves. Our own heritage. Our own culture given back to us without the painful historical racial context. Much of the Beatles' sound was simply reinvented African-American music. The art of the Beatles was more American than British. And now, in Liverpoolese, they'll be glad all over. Ain't no doubt about it, this must be love. I want a little kiss from you, and I feel glad all over. Ooh, mercy, hot dog, really, it's silly, but I'm glad all over. Yeah, the goose peppers, baby, cows, it feels so good when you come to me like you do, and I feel glad all over. That was uh, early Beatles, and that was a Carl Perkins tune. And Carl Perkins is one of the uh, million-dollar quartet. Um, 
uh, from uh, out there in uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and he wrote uh, Blue Suede Shoes and a lot of great tunes. But that's an early rockabilly tune. And rockabilly, many people think rockabilly is the sort of precursor to what became rock and roll. Beatles were heavily influenced by Carl Perkins. And all three of them, John, Paul, all four of them, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, all used to uh, perform a lot of Carl Perkins. And that was John Lennon uh, singing lead, and that was live. And uh, it gives you a little bit of sense of the uh, the edge that the Beatles had in the early days before it sort of got smoothed out a little bit in the in the production studios, which even then with Sir George Martin in the early days was very, very primitive, just uh, two-track. So uh, we'll move forward here. These, again, rare Beatle performances before they were famous, before they came into America. Paul, Paul, now, hush, hush. Paul, we just heard the good news that you and the boys have been chosen to appear in this year's Royal Variety performance. Oh, yeah. Marvellous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's terrific, and all the fellows and us are knocked out. Great. Well, let's have uh, from me to you. You know, one of the things that's really exciting about a lot of these early Beatle tunes, um, and certainly these early live performances, is there's a there's a rawness to them. You know, people often compared, oh, the you know the Beatles were much uh, softer than the Rolling Stones. In the early days, uh, they came from very similar roots. And the Beatles, uh, their time in Hamburg, Germany, they were not overnight sensations. They spent years toiling away in Liverpool and in Hamburg, uh, sometimes playing sets that went on for seven or eight hours. Honing their craft. You know, I'm a big believer that in order to get good at something, you have to be bad at it. And they weren't very good in their early days, but here they're beginning to emerge with a sense of themselves. And the nice thing about these live performances that you hear, that a lot of them later showed up on their recorded records, um, is that there's a rawness to them. There's an energy to them. There's a roughness to them that's really kind of nice and and, uh, uh, makes them a little bit more human because we've so come to sort of uh, deify the Beatles. 
Um, this next song is a song from another American artist who was profoundly influenced by, by the Be- the Beatles, perhaps profoundly influenced by them, him, and that was Buddy Holly and uh, Buddy Holly and the Crickets. This is a song that Buddy Holly had recorded himself about three weeks before his own death uh, in an airplane accident. And uh, here the Beatles are doing this, um, um, and uh, it's a, a great song, and uh, uh, they played, uh, you'll, if you go through the Beatles catalog, you'll hear many, many recordings of of uh, Buddy Holly in the early days. But this one never, I believe, appeared on any commercial recording of the Beatles. So it's kind of special. Crying, waiting, hoping. Crying, crying, waiting, waiting, hoping, hoping you'll come back. I just can't seem to get you off my mind. Crying, crying, waiting, waiting, hoping, hoping you come back. You're the one I love. I think about you all the time. Crying, crying, tears keep on falling all night long. Waiting, waiting, it seems so useless. I know it's wrong. that song as a uh, uh, demo um, and uh, sort of for their audition for Decca Records in the early days. And uh, Decca uh, heard that and said, you know, we don't think these guys have any talent and we're going to pass. So uh, that performance you just heard um, was not good enough for Decca Records. Really remarkable when you think about it and you realize that how weak the British uh, recording industry was coming out of the Second World War. Um, they just were looking more for the Elvis Presley and they were looking more for, um, you know, the Frank Sinatra and this was not it for them. So it's pretty ironic, a Buddy Holly tune, uh, performed by the Beatles and it was rejected by Decca Records and the Beatles had to continue their search for, uh, a record company, which by the way, they went to every major record company and were rejected by all of them, including EMI and Capitol Records. And when Sir George Martin uh, signed them, he was unaware that the record company had already passed on them. And uh, 
kind of unique story, which I'll get into. We're going to do a month of the Beatles in May, looking at the legend, the great songs, and I'll get into a lot more stories. And actually, I'll have George Martin join us with uh, some of his uh, insights himself. And uh, so this next song, uh, you may recognize it, uh, Sweet Little Sixteen, a great voice, I think, by uh, John Lennon. Really rocking in Boston, Philadelphia behaves. He's been the heart of Texas, on down in Frisco Bay. All over St. Louis, on down in New Orleans. All the cats wanna dance with Sweet Lil' Sixteen. Sweet Lil' Sixteen, she's just got a half, about half a million. Her wallet's filled with pictures She gets them one by one Becomes so excited I watch her look at her run, boy John Lennon on uh, lead vocals there. This next song is uh, a song you uh, by an artist, another American artist, uh, covered by the Beatles in the early days. Obviously, they were learning their repertoire. Most of their repertoire was American music. And it was from that that they began to morph their own sound and their own sort of mixture of, of influences and things. But it was principally American. And this next song by Chuck Berry, um, which Chuck had recorded. And uh, again, Chuck had recorded it on chess records, and uh, it was considered a race record in those days. That was not a derogatory uh, sort of uh, comment. It was a particular niche within the music world, and one of the biggest selling ones for records. Race records were big, big sellers, mostly R&B, black artists, obviously. And this song um, is performed by uh, George Harrison. It became a signature song for him. He's performed it live. Um, he went on tour with the Beatles, obviously. Uh, he, he sang this often, if not in every show. And then as a solo artist, in the few tours he went on, he often did this song. It's called Roll Over Beethoven. Of course, you know Chuck Berry from Johnny Be Good, and this is another song of his. But what makes this special, it gives you a sense of the young Beatles and a little bit more of their rawness. George Harrison's voice here is remarkably rocking. It's got some edge to it, which you've uh, rarely hear. 
Uh, certainly not in any of the Beatle recordings. And this version of Roll Over Beethoven, which is live, recorded well before the, uh, the recording of the Beatles uh, on their uh, second album, I believe, um, is much, I think, much more interesting, got a lot more energy and gives you much more sensibility of um, their sort of natural place and things. And it's a magnificent performance by George Harrison. Check it out. Cheat, cheat, well, oh, it doesn't matter. Why? 
So we're listening to the Beatles live here on uh, WERU 89.9 FM Blue Hill, 99.9 FM Bangor, and you are listening to Off the Charts. I'm here in the studio with my close and trusted friend, Kimo Sabi. You know, that last song, That's All Right Mama, is you, that was Paul McCartney singing, and of course he's doing his best imitation of Elvis Presley. Uh, a lot of critics uh, think that's one of the earliest, if not the earliest, uh, rock and roll song. You know, what's the first rock and roll song? That song is certainly a candidate for that. Again, it's a rockabilly tune recorded in at Sun Studios in Memphis originally, and a huge influence on the Beatles. Elvis was a huge, huge influence on all of them, John and Paul, and uh, they all loved them. And um, before that, we had uh, Memphis, Tennessee, another song from Chuck Berry. He obviously was a very impactful uh, um, uh, artist, American artist for the Beatles. And, uh, you know, when they were very, very young kids up in John Lennon's room, they just listened to the riff that Chuck Berry played. They just fell in love with it. And uh, that's where that song came from um, for them and how they got to playing it. It was part of their earliest repertoire when they were just little kids. And Baby, It's You, we started that off. A lot of you know that early Beatle tune, but you don't realize that it was written by, believe it or not, Burt Bacharach. And uh, it's um, it gives you some idea of the... Uh, profound impact of all the different kinds of American popular music that was going on, that was landing in Britain, that they were hearing, that they were being influenced by. And um, it really, really was part of the the mix that became the sound that we think of as Beatles. So this next one, again, another American artist, Buddy Holly. Uh, you probably know this song from an early Beatle recording. This is a live version of it. And uh, 
one of their best. They just, uh, and interesting enough, today Paul McCartney owns the entire Buddy Holly catalog. He's uh, uh, spent a lot of money to acquire that, and uh, uh, he's a huge and devoted Buddy Holly fan. But this is uh, uh, the Beatles live uh, before they'd landed in America. Tell me love is real mm-hmm. Words of love you Whisper soft and true Darling, I love you
that was another Chuck Berry tune, and you could uh, tell that uh, the influence of the blues and American rock and roll is pretty profound on the Beatles. So how did they reinvent that? And, uh, you know, the blues is a very conscribed uh, form of music. Uh, we sort of know what it is. It's really a one, four, and five chord. And when musicians get together, it's about the first thing they can all play together. Uh, who've never, if musicians have never played together before, uh, the blues tends to be a place, a natural default. Anyway, so the Beatles uh, took uh, the blues form, invented it, made it their own, and uh, it showed up as a big song, big hit song on uh, uh, a Hard Day's Night years later. But here's an early performance of it um, live, and this is when you break it down. It's a Beatle tune, a Beatle original, but it is classic 12-bar blues. Paul, this card from one of the boys of your old school, uh, do you know him, by the way? No, we don't know him. His name's Ronnie Yates, but, you know, I mm. can't remember him. But he's in Low 5E, yeah. the Liverpool Institute. Was that your class? I was in that one. Oh, yeah? I was in that one, I think, yeah. Anyway, Ronnie, how's the Baz, Slimy, Stinky, Fanny Nobby, Bentliff, Fanny, Pinhead. Who are they, all the masters? Uh, we yeah, be you know, teachers. Of them, yeah. oh, I hope they're still there. Anyway, for Ronnie, the hippie hippie shake. Right.
So you can tell from these early Beatles songs that, uh, um, of course, these are all covers, and they're American covers, and they really sound very, very American, very raw, and uh, just a lot of great sort of bar energy, if you know what I mean. Um, it's not all slicked back and uh, uh, made into this sort of world-famous, uh, what became Beatlemania and then beyond. So this is a real chance to hear them just sort of loosening up um, as if you were went into a club one day in the early days, and they're just the other side of being a teenager, and uh, um, listening to this sound, you got to realize that George Harrison, when the Beatles broke up after Abbey Road, at the end of their entire run, at the end of their career, he was only 27 years old. So we're talking, uh, you know, he's he's barely 20 years old here. And it's great to hear these early voices because they're really imitating a lot of the American singers and uh, really pushing their, their rock and roll voices. And, of course, John Lennon and Paul McCartney have two of certainly some of the greatest of rock and roll voices of all time. And uh, a lot of that was shaped by American singers. Now, this next song uh, you're going to hear, oh, the other thing that's interesting, of course, is that a lot of the songs that we're hearing today never got put on Beatle records. Um, they never made the cut. And uh, But these are the songs that they cut their teeth on, and these are the songs that they learned, and these are the songs that shaped their sound. This next song, of course, is uh, very, very famous. 
It is the song that uh, reached number one in America. It's the song they performed on the Ed Sullivan Show that sort of opened the floodgates. But this is a live version of the song, and they'd had it around for a while, for well over a year before they'd written it uh, and performed it, well over a year before it ever they appeared on the Ed Sullivan Show. So this is, uh, again, live in Britain, um, before anybody was paying much attention to this song in America. And uh, it was interesting because the British knew, and certainly EMI knew, that they had a, a big thing here with the uh, with the Beatles. And they kept trying to get their own subsidiary that they own, Capitol Records, to release a Beatle Records in America. And Capitol said, oh, forget it. We're not, Americans aren't going to like this, this, this British music. It's just, it's not our thing, and, and we're just not interested. They couldn't get the Beatles released in America. And it wasn't until they were on the Ed Sullivan Show that kids and DJs uh, started playing the music that the demand was so unstoppable that uh, records finally got released in America on Capitol Records. But at first, the American record companies, even owned by the British parent, refused to release this music. So here's the song, an original, Lennon and McCartney. You can hear all the American influences in it. And this is a year before Ed Sullivan. I was the one 
just to know, know, know her is to love, love, love her. And I do, and I do, and I do, and I do. Now, all these songs in this film, you had to write to a sort of deadline. Did you find this a bit more difficult than the way you usually do them on the back of bus tickets? Yeah, yeah well, you oh, see, yeah. George! <laughs> it was a bit, it was hard. Because we normally do them as hobbies sort of things. But Hello, Ringo's joined us. Well, don't come round. You can't have time writing then, Ringo. Oh, well, it was different. The, the first one was about the worst, because I had a lot of trouble with this glasses. Um, <laughs> 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 yes, it was harder. The ones yeah. he's wearing, means, hard. folks. We did most um, of them in Paris. Didn't know, did you? in New York, didn't you, Ringo? Yeah, I did some of mine in well, Paris. Well, now the serious bit that we got over, let's get round to the funny chat. And we would like you chaps to sort of launch the good ship Top Gear and all that, the good you know. Ship, Top Gear. Oh, I hereby launch new, Bernie's new vessel. Ah. Oh. So, nice work for the captain. The hereby named this ship Top Gear. Top Gear. Thank That's you, Duchess. Right, now then, another song from the Pretty film. Pretty we had to sing for yeah. the first week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame. Ne never mind, never mind. Let, while well, you're here. I did a job writing them anyway, Brian. Yeah, Brian. You did, all of you. You've talked, Georgie. Hey, I permitted. George, yes, you can talk. There's your chance. Okay, then. Come on. Come, Ed. Say it. Do the next one. What is it? Are they going to sing? And I love her. And I love her, yes. And I love her. I like that one. It's one of my favourites. I give her all my love. That's all I do. We're listening to some very rare live performances of the Beatles. 
Um, you don't get to hear the Beatles live very often, certainly not um, their early stuff, and um, uh, or any of it, actually. And uh, so this is stuff, uh, footage, uh, performances that were taken from uh, uh, shows they did in England uh, for the BBC. And uh, you can get this on CDs. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com. There's a couple collections. They've been released now because of the copyright laws are... Uh, are coming to an end in terms of the, the, their length for the Beatle material, unless they re-release this material or release it at all. So this is being released, much of this for the first time. Um, all the copyrights get lost and it becomes public domain. So that's a big reason why a lot of this stuff is beginning to come out. There's been a lot of Beatle release activity in the last few months, and uh, we have all this great new stuff because of that, so you should check that out. Here's another song from uh, the great uh, film uh, A Hard Day's Night. And again, a rare performance of this song being performed live. If I fell in love with you, would you promise to be true? And help me understand, cause I've been in love before. And I found that love was more than just holding hands. If I did my heart to you, I must be sure. This next song, and we're running out of time here in the first hour, but this next song, um, George Martin didn't have a lot of faith when they showed up with a very lugubrious version of Please Please Me in the studios in the early days. And uh, so he hired a professional songwriter to uh, uh, provide a song that he could then record the Beatles singing. This is the result. It became a huge hit for Jerry and the Pacemakers. The Beatles never released their version of the song. Instead, they sped up Please Please Me and delivered that as their first number one. So this is a very, very rare uh, a song, a rare take, uh, never was released uh, of the Beatles, and uh, I think I've played it a few times here in the past, but uh, it's kind of interesting, and it uh, gives you a sense of their talent, and uh, again, covering somebody else's material, and uh, they begged George Martin not to release this song, and he didn't. How do you do what you do to me? I 
wish I knew If I knew how you do it to me I'd do it to you How do you do what you do to me I'm feeling blue Wish I knew how you do it to me But I haven't a clue You give me a feeling in my heart You think you're very small Won't you tell me How do you do it How do you do What you do to me I wish I knew If I knew how you do it to me I'd do it to you Do it to me, I do it to you.